Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined by Josh. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Gray. We have a season to preview. Um, no more transfer nonsense. I'm just sort of content with the knowledge that Sanchez and Mbappe aren't going to happen this summer. Um, and I don't think we have anything more to say on this topic. So we'll just go right into the season. Which Mbappe, Mbappe may, Mbappe but might happen. But yeah, Arsenal, just... Arsenal seem to have managed to hold the line and gotten Sanchez to at least not freak out publicly, which seems to be the difference. So on we go um, with a full season preview. We've had a very impressive preseason with a lot of things to be pleased with. Um, transfer business, by all accounts, not quite done. They're still. They'd still like to sign a forward, and they're still trying to sign a defender, but we don't really know much about that unless they do land Mbappe. Um, but working with what we have, working with what we know, working with what we've seen, we can talk about the season to come. Um, so I think that we're, we should start with the most, the sort of a blanket thing before we start going in depth, and that is City are going to be in four competitions this year, as we know as they usually are, as they always are. Um, we know that there is going to be a mandate on Guardiola to do as well in all four of them as he can. What should we realistically take into account squad depth? You know, we don't know how fixtures will shake out yet or things like that, but, you know, we have a general idea how these things clash with each other. Um, squad depth, the quality of the squad, um, the play style, all the new additions blending in. What should we realistically expect from City in all competitions this season? Um, difficult to say, really. Uh, would you accept a couple trophies? Yes. I, cause I, I, I don't know. I don't know which ones you win because. You need a little bit of luck in all of the competitions. You need, I mean, sometimes you're going to have rough away matches or uh, you're going to have a game sandwiched in between uh, uh, two other important games. Like, you know, you'll have maybe uh, uh, Liverpool one, one, uh, one Saturday and then you've got a Champions League or... Whatever the case may be, Liverpool on a Wednesday champion, uh, and then like uh, an FA Cup game, I guess, on the weekend, and then Champions League on Tuesday. And you just never know how those things are going to shake out. Like, I mean, look, I would have said that City should have beaten Huddersfield Town the first time they played them. Like, I realize conditions weren't optimal. But the fact that City had to play Huddersfield Town twice is kind of embarrassing. And I realize that that happens. And I realize that that was part of last year's team. And that's why they rejuvenated the squad. That's why they brought in new attacking talent. That's why they brought in all of this depth so that they weren't stretched, so that they had guys that they could put in and still see that productivity. Um... But it's just kind of odd that City had to play Huddersfield Town twice. I know they made it. Uh, to, they 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 were one of the teams that uh, was were promoted. So 
they're obviously were a good championship side squad, but it's Manchester City playing Huddersfield Town. It should have been a win. There shouldn't have been two legs to that game. Um, And the problem with that is, is when you have that happen, you add in an extra unnecessary game somewhere in there. So you've got to finish those games off when you have them, when you have the chance. Let the other teams play uh, teams twice in, in FA Cup or in Capital One Cup. Let them play twice. Um, I, I just, it, I think City will definitely be competitive. I wouldn't at all be surprised to see Guardiola take this side to a semifinal of a Champions League competition. I truthfully wouldn't. It will depend on the draw. It will depend on a, a number of other things, but I can honestly see uh, City having a relatively easy time, kind of like they did a couple years ago. You just get a good draw, you win your group, get a decent draw, and then you go from there. This is is a team that should be able to compete with the best of them. We've seen that. There are holes, yes, and if somebody goes down, mainly it looks like we're going to city are going to play a three-five-two for a, a substantial portion of the season. One would bet. Guardiola loved his three-five-two at Bayern. You know he loves utilizing his wing backs. It just gives you a little extra something. You've got one of those guys that you can move into center defensive midfield if you absolutely need. Um, I, I, I think City will compete for trophies. I just I don't know which ones they'll win. I, I, I but I think that they could win, you know, two, maybe three. Um just for context, um City will be in pot two for the Champions League group stages. That will put them you know, pot one now are the champions of all the major leagues. So if you get say uh, a Monaco this year probably will not be as potent as they were last year. Spartak Moscow, Shakhtar Donetsk, Benfica even. Um, you know, you could end up having City being the best team in the Champions League group, just for some context. Um, where I stand is just sort of, to, I will accept, well, accept like it's a requirement, but if they win either the Premier League or the Champions League, I will be happy if they win one of those and something else, I'll be very happy. If they win both of those, I'll be ecstatic. Um, but I think the bare minimum expectation is at least one trophy, if not more. You know, we're, we're at the point for City where a trophyless season is not a successful season. There's too much ambition. There's too much on the line. There's too much invested into the squad for any season that doesn't end with a trophy in any competition to be considered good enough in any way, shape, or form. Especially now that the manager's in his second season and he has so many of the personnel that he wants. So, to me... Yeah, yeah. this squad got... I I was just thinking about this. I want to ask you this, man. Like, 
look at the turnover in this squad. Like, people were like, there's no way Pep Guardiola is going to be able to turn this team over in, like, two seasons. It's going to take, like, at least three or four years for him to get a good team. No. Took him two. <laughs> Just completely Took turned the squad. Too, honestly. You know, you, you, for all you hear about it, you don't really expect a nine-player turnover in one summer. And yet, and yet, here we are. And I think that's just an indication of how serious City are about doing this and doing this now. They don't want to wait around. Um, even if Barriola extends his stay, they know that this is impermanent. It's not going to last forever, so get him what he wants. Um, basically, yeah. And this is probably, you know, I, 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 this is probably going to be, or should be, at least on paper, the best city squad since the takeover. Um, so, I, well, shit's on paper the best city squad ever. Yes. Um, so there's really no no excuse for 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 failure, and failure is winning a trophy a trophy this season. Now I know it's hard to win trophies in the in English football, especially since the FA does absolutely bunk to help any of their teams in Europe or in other, other competitions because they just it's all about the money and the TV, but they have the depth of squad to make a run at it, and that's all you can ask for. You know, you look at um, other teams that have been winning lately. Chelsea, they didn't have to deal with Europe last year, and they're going to have to this year. It's going to be very, very hard for them, I think, because they didn't have to rely much on their depth last season. Uh, Man United, how's their depth? It's probably better than Chelsea's, I think, but not as deep as City's. Um, I don't think Man United's starting squads as good as Chelsea's. I think no, they have. I, actually I think, still think Chelsea are going to pit them to second, honestly. I don't think United are anywhere near as good as people think. They're better than last year, but I think people forget the jump from sixth. Like they weren't all that close to uh, finishing in the top four last season. No, they, they, they weren't particularly close. There were time. There was obviously a period of time where it looked like they were going to um, to do it, but they once the draws kicked in, basically. I mean, they finished sixth. They finished on sixty nine points, which put them seven full points off a of Champions League place. Um, they had the six bets goal difference. They finished exactly where they should have. So you know. They're going to have to do some heavy lifting to, uh, I mean, they, they won one more game than Everton at the end of the day. So United will be better, but you, Jose Mourinho is already starting his, his, just, I, he, he, I his think he's people, already on it. I think people lose sight of how difficult it is to jump from sixth to even second in this league because there's so much talent at the top of the table. Um, but, yeah, City have the squad to win the league, no doubt about it. They have the squad to win the league while also being deep enough to compete in other competitions. Um, so, as far as I'm concerned, no excuses. It's, it's, time, to, it's time to win some stuff. I, I think, when healthy... That Manchester City have a squad good enough to win the Champions League. I truly do. All right. I, I realize it's just a preseason game, 
But Real Madrid couldn't even get the ball off of City. And I know they weren't playing Ronaldo, which completely changes some of that dynamic. But Manchester City were doing to Real Madrid what Barca did when they beat the hell out of them. When they had their own 6-0 thrashing. Um, City have the attackers. They have two world-class strikers, I think. One of them already proven. The other one is, is... already starting for the Brazil national team because he's so good. Um, they had Kevin De Bruyne is probably as good as anybody in the league at turning and, and finding space for other players to, to, to get the attack going. Like Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva as free eights are almost unfair. It's it's almost unplayable because no matter where the ball bounces, you have a guy with the vision of an eagle. There's the name of our podcast. Um, then you've got Mendy. I think Walker is a good enough fullback. Um, I think the defense is good enough. I know there's going to be questions about it, but you know what? If you can win a Champions League with Pepe, you can win one with John Stones and Otamendi. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so I, 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 I tr- really truly believe that City have a squad that is good enough to win the Champions League, but you are going to need some help. You are going to need some, some balls to go your way. It's just... Uh, a what if, I guess. Every championship team in every sport requires a degree of luck. Like I, 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 I know that that's not something that people always want to hear because they like, we did it on talent. I was like, sure you did, but you know, <laughs> luck is innately involved in all this. It's <laughs> sports is luck in, in a way. Yeah, and people feel like it takes away from the accomplishment if you say they ha- they they got a little luck. I don't feel like that's the case at all. You need. In a sport where the ball can bounce any direction, it's like a fumble, like in in, in in American football. That ball, the way it's oriented, if you, you know, depending on the way it's falling, it could bounce to the left, it could bounce to the right. And and if it's and if it's bouncing one way, it's bouncing into a defender's hands. If it's bouncing another way, it's bouncing toward the offense. So there is luck involved. There just is. You you need certain things to go your way. You need the football gods need to be on your side for that day. So you, you you've just got to have that little bit of luck. But the the tournament by and large is one in, one on skill. This element of luck is just that secondary thing. Like that ref is also much more prevalent in knockout competitions rather than right. That ref holding his card in his pocket instead of pulling it, so your guy isn't suspended for that next leg. Like that's what I'm talking about with luck. Just keeping that card in his pocket, giving the I'm doing the whoa whoa calm down signal. You know, like luck is having Mark Clattenburg signed by a Chinese super league. <laughs> That's luck. Right. Well, so let's talk about um, based on what you've seen this preseason. What has you most optimistic about this team? And I think it's fair to say that both of us are 
quite optimistic that this team can accomplish some 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 major things this season. Um, you look for me, it's 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 all about the fullbacks because it it changes everything now that the tight or now that the uh, now that City have. Um, to the tigers. The tigers. Yeah, I got a text alert about the tigers, and then I had a Freudian slip. But um, the, <laughs> like now that City have the three, I'm leaving that in by the way, so you can all laugh at me. Now that City have three fullbacks of really high quality, um, you know, we we know that two, Walker and Mendy, and then the third, Danilo, was one of City's most impressive players in the preseason. Um, not only, it, not only does it, obviously, it allows them to play more of the attacking game they want and opens up an entirely new dimension to that, but I think that having good fullbacks who can track back, play better, keep their legs better than, well, any of the city's fullbacks last season will also help the center backs and firm up the defense some. So, for me, the optimism starts with the fullbacks. I love all the other signings. The Ederson is great. Oh, so uh, good. But uh. that, that, for me, is where it starts. Where does it start for you? Same. I, I I hate to be redundant, man, but there was something I feel sexy. Like this is gonna happen a lot, but that's well, I feel like, dude, watching cut everybody, everybody that I was watching the, the game, I say watching with on Twitter, you know, I'm watching tweeting. Every damn sports bar, yeah. Every damn person was tweeting about how sexy it was to see a fullback, especially in that game against United, when like. I know United won that game, but there was something about seeing Kyle Walker bulldoze down the field and catch up with Martial. And Martial, the look on his face, it's like, whoa, yeah, I got here, bro. I know you guys weren't used to that last season, but we got it this year. Don't you worry. You know, and and, and the fact that Benjamin Mendy hasn't even played yet and he's already infectious. This guy's already infectious. There's a reason. There's a look. You want to talk about where to start? City signed him to a six-year deal. Even City thinks it starts with the fullbacks. So, I, I I'm not being redundant for the for the sake of being redundant. It truly that's just where it starts. Any logical person has to say it starts with the fullbacks. What I do want to say is that what you touched on is Ederson. Those goal kicks. That is going to be a difference maker. His foot is going to be a difference maker. His reactions, the the way he comes out and closes down on strikers. Look, he's going to get some balls chipped over him. It happens to Neuer. Um, He's United. He came out shouldn't have. And it's fine. Yeah, it's fine because unlike Claudio Bravo last year, the very next game, Ederson put it behind him. He was just like the biggest thing is that you know obviously the the the, the uh, outlet plays great and all that but he was making saves man he was yeah. making like difficult close range saves that Claudio Bravo would not have dreamed of making last season Mhm He was he was closing down people smacking balls down I mean that one that he pushed right into the post I mean just just off free kicks, off of you name it. I mean, that that ripped shot by, I think it was Modric. Was it Modric or was it Is- no, it was Isco? When Isco just stopped, turned, and fired. You know, 
Not saying it was an impossible shot, but the way Isco pulled it off, there are a lot of variables that make that a surprising shot. You're like, whoa, didn't see that coming, you know? And that's the whole point of that shot. You don't see it coming. But Ederson was up to the task. The saves were there. The fact that he can make fun of himself and get over things is something that's critical. I know that Bravo had just came back from the Confed Cup and had an amazing Confed Cup. I think that alone is going to give Bravo a different mindset coming into camp. If we could bottle Chile Bravo and put him in goal for Manchester City, then we wouldn't have had to do this. Not that I'm saying that they shouldn't have done it, but it's just... Now that they have Ederson, I'm just thinking, let's, let's not get rid of him. Let's just say that maybe we needed a second goalkeeper for for other competitions. But with that said, I, I think you and I are unanimous in this. Bravo lost his spot. I don't. I like Ederson's going to be the well, starter. There's no doubt in my mind that Ederson will be starting against Brighton on Saturday. Um, and, you know, I think that there's so much of these new signings that we haven't seen yet. We mm-hmm. saw Bernardo Silva for like 20 minutes. We have seen none of Benjamin Mendy. Um, we have, you know, there's so, so much more to come and so much quality because I think those are two of City's best signs, especially Bernardo Silva, who is such a talented player, and we haven't even really seen it yet. So there's that. That's the thing that really makes me giddy is that there's there's a real possibility that there's yet an, like another dimension to all this that they haven't even hit yet. And that's that's very exciting. And I think that we are going to see, at the very least, some incredible attacking football in spells this season for Manchester City. There's no doubt in my mind. Because you have Gabriel Jesus is fully bedded in and healthy. Um, Aguero has more or less bought in and caught on to the Guardiola playing style. Um, and we already know that he is an elite striker who now has another elite striker with him who can ensure that he doesn't have to play 38 Premier League games in every single. Ch- I mean, obviously he'll be very. Do we? The team can, can I? Can I ask a question? Please do. Do, do we know what I? I had read that Sergio was headed down to talk to the Argentine national team. Do we know what was said? We know nothing. Okay, I have a feeling Sergio Aguero is quitting the international. Make me sad whatsoever, to be honest. No, no, I have a feeling he is, and I. This is not based on any inside information. It's me reading. He he nearly quit when Messi did. He did. He did. did. Messi did. Yeah, he did. And 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 I also think that Sergio Aguero for Argent for uh, Argentina. I'm like, keep wanting to say Argentina. I'm like, stop. That's not the word. Um, Argentina Sergio Aguero is like the it's it's he is the opposite of Chile Bravo. <laughs> uh, if if yeah, we could take yeah, if, if if Argentina could take Manchester City Aguero and put him, then they would have won the freaking World Cup. World Cup. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. yeah they really would have. Um. I, I I just I, I think he's getting up there in age. I think that there's more to accomplish with the club. He, I don't near that time when the international players start to really think long and hard about their future. Yep, and 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 I think that Argentina is they 
as a unit, I think they realize that they're not going to contend in in the 2018. I think they realize like they they'll they'll make it to the knockout stage because they're Argentina, but they not, just don't. Not turn, yeah, not to turn this into a World Cup preview, but France is going to kick ass in the World Cup. I I don't believe that at all. I think they I, have the talent. I think they I have think, a lot of chance to have they, the talent. I think they have the talent, but as an avid follower of of France football. Even though I'm Dutch, uh, my minor was French, and my best friend is a French professor. So yeah, I've I've watched a lot of France. So I've I watched Zinedine Zidane put his head into Marco Materazzi's chest and wanted to throw my beer through the TV. <laughs> I was oh my god, I was pissed about that. Um, can't stand Italy. Uh, but but but. <laughs> You, but moving forward, uh, what were the hell were we talking about? We, we got on this topic because we were oh okay okay yeah, 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 okay so possibly being less injured I think was the point we were going toward yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so let me just say this about France my problem with France is I don't trust their strikers I I Antoine Griezmann if if you could bottle Atletico Antoine Griezmann and put that guy on France's squad. I think you have something. Um, I'm a little surprised France doesn't really even mess with Lacazette. I truly am. Um, but they will if he proves successful at Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that having played at Lyon was what was killing him. He probably thought that being playing in, in, in France would make him more visible to French officials, but no, that was obviously not the case. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know that France have that finishing power. I, I, my, my theory is this. Germany won the under-17s. Then they sent their under-21s to the Confed Cup and won that. Uh, while their senior team is coming off a World Cup victory and and they're going to meet up with whatever. Like, you've got three sides that have won trophies with barely... Like, the fact that a, a prime Chile lost to the under-21s of Germany in the Confed Cup... Turner wasn't even in that team. Right. That's how scary Germany is to me. And, and my favorite, my, one of my favorite Manchester City International factoids, no Manchester City player has ever won the World Cup while playing for Manchester City. Did you know that? I didn't know that. David Silva won it with Spain in 2010 before he signed. He was still technically a Valencia player when he won the World Cup. So there you go. Nice. nice little tidbit there. The next, the next Manchester City player to win the World Cup will be the first. That that's that is an awesome thing. Yeah, but so you know, getting back to Aguero, I I I'm reading the tea leaves. I truly think that he's seen his time at Argentina, done a hard reflection in the mirror, and saying, you know what. If I dedicate myself fully, and I don't think that the club nor Guardiola influences him in any way if this does come out to, to be the case, I, I, I think that he looked at his uh, Argentina time and said, you know what, it's not the best version of myself. For whatever reason, I just never get on the same way I do at the club level uh, at 
when I'm on the international stage. Um, and and he he did quit when Messi quit. And I think that even Messi's probably like, dude, we're not going to win the World Cup in 2018. Well, it sucks for Messi because That's everything that happens, he gets he gets he gets blamed for it, even if it's not his fault. So. Yeah, it's yeah. One really, when really, really Gonzalo, upside for Messi, for, right? For you, you, you know what? You know who deserves to blame? Gonzalo Higuain on about Always and forever. Yeah, Gonzalo Higuain should be banished from Argentina. Can, can we be blunt? Argentina, Messi would have a World Cup and a Confederations, or not a Confederations Cup, a uh, Copa America, if not for Gonzalo Higuain. <laughs> Yeah, Gonzalo Higuain is like the saint, the solitary reason that that uh, you could say whatever you want about Messi's free kick. A whole bunch of other people had to miss too. It just comes down to the fact that Gonzalo Higuain didn't make his shots. It's like Aryan Robin on minute sixty-two. That was the moment for all of Netherlands. You sack of crap. There's, there's always, like, in a, in a game of that magnitude, be it at club level or international level, there's always that one... I'm what? sorry, Arian, I did not mean that outburst. You really are and, and were... I don't, I don't particularly care for Arian Robin, so I don't care what you say about him. Uh, well, I know. Look, he's, he's, he's not your prototypical Dutch player, I'll give you that, and he rubs people the wrong way, but you know what... He's one of the most talented dudes to play the, the game. I'm sure he's fantastic when he's in your foxhole, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, that that, that probably does make sense. Like, <laughs> Arjen Robin's a guy that, well, even then, you're like, can you please, he's the, he's the Vincent company of, of, of Bayern Munich in the Netherlands. It's like, ah, uh, here comes Arjen Robin. It's like that moment when, when he came back from injury, he won on and Pep subbed him on and like 10 minutes later, Pep, he had to come off because he pulled, pulled that same muscle. And it was like, wow, that was, that was a great, I think it was a champions league game too. And Pep's like, are you kidding me? Like we just put you back out there. It was it was literally the equivalent of Vinny when he came back, went out, got injured, and had to come right back off. Same damn thing, same thing. And it was every bit as wow, that just sucks. But mm-hmm. I, I I think I think Sergio Aguero is looking at what he can accomplish if he dedicates himself fully and completely, and he shuts out all the extra mileage that he would put on his body and his legs by playing at the club level or uh, the international level. If he says, all right, you know what? I'm going to spend the rest of my time here in Manchester city. He's rumored to have signed an extension. There's people who've unearthed paperwork that prove there has been an extension of some kind, unless that was proven false. Um, I don't really, as far as I know, yeah, as far as I know, it wasn't it wasn't debunked either. So as far as I'm concerned, he's been extended. And if you look at, I think he's talked with Guardiola. I think he's got a. I don't like I said. I do not think Guardiola had any hand in this decision. When I say he talked to Guardiola, I think he went to him and said, you know, what what's the plan? What's your plan here? What's your plan for me? And over the course of numerous different conversations in the season with Pep and getting closer and just learning how to play, like you said, he's adopted it. He adopted it. 
He gave it, it once he dedicated himself fully. Sergio Aguero made a magical transformation. We all remember the game when it kind of all came together for him, and and it, it you know it was right there toward the end of the season. And and that if that Sergio Aguero is 100% committed, and he found out from Pep because there been numerous reports that Pep's going to sign an extension and will be at the club for at least five years. And if that's going to be the case, and he can dedicate himself fully to Manchester City with this core group of players that Pep keeps talking about are there for the next five, six years. He brings this up every press conference. Well, not every, but a lot of them. Talking about how he turned the team over and now there's going to be a new core of players mixed with savvy veterans that are going to be there for the next five, six years to make Manchester City competitive. If Aguero takes the last years of his prime and says, I'm dedicating it to Manchester City and Manchester City fully, I truly think he can become as good, if not, you know, on the same level as a Luis Suarez type of guy. He's got that creativity. He's got the finishing ability. He's he's he is every bit a striker as 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 some of the best in the game. And he doesn't and bite people. No, he does not bite people. Well, just stop uh, on them occasionally, especially he, if and, and he has never said a racist statement that I know of. Yes, that's a very positive thing. Yeah, he's not <laughs> he's not a bigot. So he's got a couple things going for Two him that, Luis Suarez, that <laughs> Luis Suarez does not. Um, but you know, if 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 he had that conversation and decided I'm committing myself to Manchester City, I can just see. Like, I mean, you think that Sergio Aguero is already loved because he put in the goal, you know, and just what he's done for the club over the years with his goal tallies. But if you think he's loved then, imagine if he quits and says, I'm dedicating the rest of my time to Pep and winning a Champions League. I want that trophy. I'm going to put in the work to get it. Fans in Manchester City just be like, all right, that's it. Let's build a statue. Yep. The other thing that I love about this team, and I kind of touched on it, well, I more than kind of touched on it, but the, it's to go into more detail on the depth, I think, would, is important to me because you, you, you remember last year, if, say, uh, I don't know, Raheem Sterling, for whatever reason, wasn't fit enough to play, needed a rest, wasn't supposed to be starting, whatever have you. Your options were more or less Nolito or particularly later in the season, Jesus Navas. Now your options are Bernardo Silva. Um, if they do sign another forward, we'll see. But if, say, you, you needed to rotate your fullbacks, now you have two really good ones each position. And obviously they'll have to do some management in terms of Danilo and all that stuff because they only have three. But it looks like they're they're in on and I swear to God I'm going to say this in full. But it looks like they're in on Real Sociedad's Inigo Montoya uh, Inigo Mar <laughs> Martinez. Well you, you killed my father prepared to die. 
Inigo Mon- Martinez. I hope they sign but, him. Just but I have, to have yes. enormous I, trouble with this all season. Uh, uh, <laughs> I am going to call him Inigo Montoya every single time. I can't. I can't, dude. I really want them to sign him for that reason. And I know Barca, apparently Barca are in on this guy, uh, too. And I guess... Barca dropped interest. Yes. Yeah, so okay, that's right. It's Inter. It's Inter that's currently in after Barca dropped out. And Inter and City have had bids knocked back. Um, yeah, I really, really want City to sign in because I swear to God, I'm going to call him Inigo Montoya. I just... There's no... <laughs> I'm just going to save myself the trouble because I, uh, I, yeah, it's, I'm never going to get to a Nigo Martin. See, I can't. (laughs) And I know you're not just doing this for show. No, no. Legitimately, you just cannot do it. I'm trying here and I can't do it. I, that's why, but apparently, let's talk about his footballing skills for a second. Let's see if we can, even. Okay, uh, yeah. No, he's... Inigo. Yeah, is, is has racked up, I think, somewhere... Let me see. Let me, I, pull this up. Do, 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 do. He's a fairly solid defender. He is. He's not uh, the top-level guy that I think people would, you know, get greedy for. But that's not happening at this point in the summer. It's just not enough. Yeah, and Real Sociedad are said to be, um, and it would be 27 million pounds, uh, 32 euros. Um, this is a guy that's put in uh, a ton. He's put in a ton of caps for Sociedad. Um, he hasn't got that many caps for Spain, but you're not going to find... It says more about Spain than him. Yeah, exactly. Um, the article I read was... Uh, he had a good, good tally of games. I don't want to say, like, how many, because I think I'm, I might be wrong. Because I keep thinking I want to say 232, and I don't think that's... That's like a career total. Um... But uh, he's he's played a lot for them, and he's one of their better defenders, and they're holding out for that total. That's what they've said. You know, you're going to pay $27 million. That's That's where we rated him. That's what you're going to give us, 30, that €32 million. Euro. And I kind of tweeted last night, uh, you know, City Watch had tweeted about it, and I'm like, you know what, though, like, I can't blame them. They've looked around and seen the market, and if this is one of their better players, then $27 million for a, a center back that's competent is that, I mean, dude. In this market? What, yeah, what the hell are you complaining about? Mm-hmm. Seriously. I'm not what, sure what they're not sold on. but why have, I don't think that the bid thing is true, but if it is, why have you even had a bid knocked back for this? Like, why haven't you just said, here's the 27, give us the player? Yeah. Like, both of these clubs, Inter and, and, and especially City at this point, like, I, I mean, I realize bargaining's bargaining, but you want to get a center back in, I mean, Judas Priest, man. Just, just, to, use a, to use a PG version of the phrase, I think if Inter make a move, then City will be forced to either crap or get off the pot. So yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm really excited about the depth that the squad has, because you take a guy out last year, you ended up putting in another guy who probably wasn't up to standard. 
it's going to be less of an issue this year across a lot of positions. So that's that's a big thing for me. Um, what concerns? Because we I think we can also both agree that while we're both super optimistic, we also both know that this team is not flawless. No. So well, what concerns do you harbor over this team still at this? Th- this team is a center back down from away from having to go from their preferred three four two to quite simply a four four you know four something four something whether it's a four three three or. I mean, I realize that Pep will bring it up and there will only be two center backs playing in, in, if if he does use a, a, a back four. But, yeah, if they if they lose a center back this season or if they lose a fullback, then absolutely nothing can happen on the other side. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's a very good point. And that's where the Really, really, like... Signing signing Danilo was a must because Benjamin Mendy is probably going to be injured this season. So I would say now that Manchester City fans had better get used to Danilo and not start crapping on the guy when he comes in for because there tends to be that thing like people are like oh I love Mendy so much that I'm going to criticize you know the other guy when he makes a mistake cuz I want to see Mendy play over that you know and 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 the truth of the matter is Mendy's got a really he's got he's got not a company <laughs> history of injuries but he had a company year last year and if that happens again this year you're going to see a hell of a lot of Danilo so in that sense, like Kyle Walker is not going to get a reprieve, really. Like, or or Raheem Sterling's going to have to play wing back. And I think that's why, you know, are you going to have to call up one of the youngsters? It just it is what it is. Like, I mean, it's it's those are my concerns. As loaded as this team is up in the front. Uh, if a team decides, you know what, we're just going to go in and play these bastards dirty, City yep. can't have one of those games. And they're, you know, you hope, you just hope and pray that no team decides that that's what it's going to be. That's why I was so glad to see Danilo have such a very high quality preseason because I yeah. think that, that endeared him to a lot of people. I mean,. So he's, yeah, he's he's earned a little bit of goodwill. So he has. when he if when if and when I say when because inevitably someone will either get hurt or need a rest, he will have to walk in, play fullback a fair bit, and he has accrued some goodwill, and that is encouraging. My concern, as you mentioned, the defense, the depth in defense, and I would also add on to that that this team just needs to be sharper in the box than they were last season. Yeah. They need mm-hmm. to finish more conclusively. I think having a full season of Gabriel Jesus will help that. But obviously that they have that. Some sitters this preseason. Yeah. yeah, you know, no one's perfect. So that is a big key because they dropped a lot of points last year, not necessarily because, you know, they defended badly, but because they could only score one goal in a game where they could have scored three or four and they end up getting pegged by an equalizer and dropping points. If you have that game out of sight, 3-0, 4-0, then you don't really have to worry about that as much. So that's the big, big concern for me. And as if I think if they are more cutting edge, and it's something that Gordial has harped on publicly, and I have no doubt privately, then I think they're going to be all right. So that's... Can I, can I backtrack to, sure. to question C? 
there's there's two other things that have me optimistic. Okay, this season, this preseason, our back line was banging them in. Our front line was banging them in. You're getting goals from everywhere. That's how you win. That's how you win. A, that's how you win a Premier League title. You have goals coming off of headers. You have goals coming off of, guess what? Set pieces. This is the second thing that has me optimistic. City were scoring and looking sharp off of set pieces where they looked like just what well, they looked like crap last year on set pieces. There's just no production off of them. So absolutely not the case this the preseason. You can tell that every single one of these guys has drilled. They're, the team aspect, the way that Guardiola has built a team with these young players, this is why Manchester City sold the farm to get this guy. Because you give him a mix of young and old, mostly young, he is going to develop these players into, and I say this, this is where I hate the, the damn phrase checkbook theory or checkbook manager. Guardiola brings these guys up. Like Kevin De Bruyne is becoming unplayable. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. The, the goal is that Bernardo Silva, you know, Silva will replace Silva. And, and, you know, hopefully David's magic runs off, rubs off on him, and uh, he 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 learns to play the position from from David Silva. Um, and there's talk, you know, that or or I saw it reported that David had opened up negotiation, you know, started talking about you know when his contract expires with City. Hopefully they'll extend him, you know, one or two more years, to, you know. It, it would be great to have David Silva really into retirement, I'll be honest. But, you know, these players seem to retire and then go play at, like, Galatasaray still, so they never really He retire. said he wants to go back to Las Palmas. Right, Las Palmas. His, his yeah. home, hometown club. Um, you know, you always, uh, you always kind of figure with David Silva, he's going to be great. He's going to give you everything he's got. And one day he's going to go back to Spain, and we will stand up and give him a standing ovation when he does. Yep, yep. So, very John Wayne. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think let's let, let's let's scramble for some hot takes here. Um, okay. <laughs> do you have? And I will let you define what entails a bold prediction. It can be related to a player. It can be related to a competition. It can be related to really anything city related that you want. But do you have any bold predictions that you feel strongly about? Um, for this team, for any players, for anyone at all, anything. Hmm. Give us your hot takes, fresh out of the oven. Okay. What would be? Would you like me to start? Buy you a little time here. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me see what you're gonna say. I think. Leroy Sané is going to be at the end of the season recognized as one of the best players in Europe. Mm. That would be awesome. That is my bold prediction. One of my bold predictions is that by the end of the season, 
Raheem Sterling is going to be recognized as probably one of the best players on the English national team. And yet we'll still be booed everywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even in that's England. Not particularly bold prediction, but it's you will go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'll, Even in England. I don't know how bold this is, but I do think City will win the league as well. So I'll just put that out there right now. Hmm. How, how do you think they're going to do in the league? I know it's hard to predict these things, but what do you what do you think about that? I think City are too thin at the back to win the league. But I think they'll fight for it. I won't be shocked if they win it. And and, and if they go and get some cover help in January, then I think they will win it. I just think that the way it's set up right now, we're saying, okay, Benjamin Mendy, Danilo... Kyle Walker, Vincent Company, John Stones, and uh, uh, well, Nicholas Otamendi probably will. That dude would play with a broken leg. I just he's 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 a guy I'm actually bold prediction. Nicholas Otamendi is not going to get injured this season. He is probably going to injure somebody else. Um. But but we are operating under the assumption that that's going to be a healthy back line all the way through. And I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, it's very, it's a very fair, especially in the case of guys like company. My only counterpoint would be, you know, I don't know that anyone has a ton of depth in, 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 that, in that regard. Chelsea are good. I think it's going to be a fight between City and Chelsea with United lagging slightly behind. That's where I'm at with it. I know Chelsea haven't had a great transfer window, but they were a historically great Premier League team last season. On the other hand, they didn't have to deal with Champions League, so, you know, maybe that'll bring them down a few pegs. So, that's just kind of where I stand with it. Okay. Um... Yeah, I get that. You're right. Nobody is really dominant at the back, and if City do have an injury, it won't kill them. Yeah. It's uh, just that, you know, when I look at this stuff, I just, you know, I feel like I should pick the best squad on paper. Obviously, a lot of things can go wrong, but it just feels logical for me to pick the best squad on paper, and for me, that City squad. So... Yeah, there's I'll, no I'll doubt about that. that sword and I'll look silly at the end of the season. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Man, Manchester, if I were looking at this, I would say Manchester City or the New England Patriots. I just think that they've had the best summer. Even if United win and get Perisic, which I don't think that Mourinho's going to get his fourth guy. I think they're going to be like, look, dude, the Glazer, the Glazer, yeah, the Glazers, it doesn't look like they were going to get Parasich to, they were going to be able to cry him anyway. They're like, no, you're not getting him. Mourinho is slowly starting to realize what it's like to work for an owner who isn't Roman Abramovich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or in the case of Real Madrid, who are also willing to throw money at whoever and whatever if it's in, their, if, if it's in the uh, president's interests. The Glazers yeah. are not about that life. Yeah, they'll spend because they understand they're united, but 
they've done. Like there's a marketing it, aspect to all their big transfers, doesn't it? Right. Right, yeah, like, exactly. Like, I think made this point on an earlier podcast, but I look at United's transfer targets this summer, and I just think they could be recruiting a lot better than this. It, I mean, that's a personal opinion, but obviously Lukaku is a big name signing. But Lukaku, I completely get. The other three that they were going after, yeah, no. like... Even if they'd signed Perisic, no. Even no, yeah, like, like they're they're guys they're guys they're guys who are good enough to play for a club like that, but they're kind of like the uh, the, the guys auxiliary, that, the auxiliary yeah. guys, like the sort of the, the guys that come off the bench after the depth, you've subbed the off depth guys. Yeah, after you've subbed off. Meanwhile, like, City are signing Bernardo Silva as depth guys, and it's just like I look at this and I just think yeah, they could be doing a lot better. No, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I I don't necessarily know why we're sitting here hoping and saying United should, but it astounded me when Mourinho put out his list. I'm like, okay, I get Lukaku. He's one of the best, you know, rising strikers in the Premier League. He's proven. He's you know, an excellent striker on a national I can't, football. I can't really quibble with Lukaku signing. They have the money, they have the need, they went for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. And if, we would want City to do the same thing if it was <laughs> a similar situation. Exactly. Um, Victor Lindelof, I was like, okay. I mean, I guess. It feels like these are the guys that, you know, and can we talk I feel like it gets forgotten that Mourinho's transfer business has not been very great for a long time. He, he didn't sign, he signed Diego Costa at Chelsea. He signed Cesc Fabregas at Chelsea. But other than that, he didn't really add a lot of impact players. And a lot of the guys he signed ended up going elsewhere and becoming better players elsewhere. Like you look at Mohamed Salah who ended up at, I believe it was Roma. Roma, and then came back at Liverpool in a big money move, and I think he's actually going to do really well for Liverpool because he is a good player. Um, Juan Cuadrado didn't do anything at Chelsea, ended up being moved on. Signed Felipe Luis for a year and then sold him right back to Atletico Madrid. Very few of his signings at Chelsea stuck. And I have to wonder if some of these guys like Lindelof are going to end up going down the same road at Manchester United. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense to me. The guys that City are signing are considered rising stars within their like the 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 Leroy Sanes, the uh, Bernardo Sibbles, Silvas at the club level, at the international level. They're snapping them up as these guys are rising stars. They're not waiting for these guys to become proven anymore. You're not going to be able to sign Manuel Neuer. He's he's in Trent. You know what I mean? But like Barca did, they went out and got Ter Stegen. Why? Because he's next. And they know him. There's a benefit to being proactive in the transfer market. Yes. It has to be at this point because, A, you'll save yourself a lot of money. And then, B, you won't end up in a situation like they say were this summer when they needed four fullbacks all of a sudden and every they had to be. They were they were in a really crappy situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We have a couple uh, listener questions here that I definitely want to get to. Um, a lot of formation-related questions, and I'll, I'll kind of lump them together. 
What formation, this is Mr. Aguia asking, what formation do you see as our strongest back three, which probably excludes Sterling and Sané? 4-3-3 means either Kuhn or Jesus. And then Ron Cook asked us, would love to hear your guys' best formation starting 11 for the season. These are really hard to answer because, as we've known and talked about, Guardiola is not really going to have a best 11. Like that one, this is my team and I'm only going to deviate from it when I have to. It's yeah. not going to work that way. Uh, there, there does seem to be a motivation and willingness to go with the back three, though Mr. Agui is right. Guardiola has said in the past that he just doesn't really see Sterling and Sané as wingbacks. That said, I believe one of them played in that role for part of a preseason game, maybe just to test it, maybe just because he... I believe Sterling did. Yeah. Um, which might say something about, you know... Um, the fact that they know they have three fullbacks and they know they might need some extra cover at times in case of emergency. Um, so this is a hard, hard one for me to answer. I think as long as they have company stones and Otamendi fit, I think Guardiola will want to play the three of them together as much as he can when the situation dictates. Um, I, (laughs) this is so hard for me to sit down and do in my head. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Um, Silva, David Silva, I have to start. Yeah, David. Um, David Silva, God. Kevin De Bruyne are insta starts, no doubt about it. Um, I think he'll find a place for Fernandinho at the base of the midfield, rotating with Gundawan once Gundawan is fit. Um, and that leaves you, I guess, with how many people have I even said at this point? <laughs> I've had the back three, I haven't had any wing. I have, we'll, we'll say that... You have creative midfielders. We'll say that Mendy and uh, Walker are the wing backs. Uh, Fernandinho Gundogan at one spot at the base of midfield. Then Silva and De Bruyne, that's eight, which leaves you... I don't even have a goalkeeper, that's nine, which means that you have... You have Ederson. Yeah. So maybe Kuhn or Jesus, but again, that doesn't have Sterling and Sané in it. So <laughs> I guess this is what he wants. He wants flexibility. He's got it, doesn't he? <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll let that, you try to parse through this answer if you want to. <laughs> I I think that it I, – I don't think that David Silva and – uh, Kevin De Bruyne are both insta-starts all the time. I think that David Silva is going to get a limited number of games so that they can get the best out of him when they need it the most. So I think you're going to see multiple times where either Kevin De Bruyne will play that, you know, creative midfield role himself and that's when I think you'll see Sterling, Sané slash Bernardo Silva on either side when when he wants to you know <clears throat> if, if one of the guys isn't having a good camp or isn't producing or something he'll just give him a mental break to get that competition going again or even just, to, as you say, to mix it up. But, yeah, there will be plenty of times where he does play the both of them uh, to get that creative left and that creative right. And I think that's when you'll see 
that back three with Walker and Mendy and and as you said, uh, Adinho, Gundogan um, at the base of the diamond uh, with uh, Aguero and uh, or or you may even actually see a a creative type like Bernardo Silva isn't Alexi Sanchez, but he can do a lot of different things. He can create, he can pass, he can sort of go left, he can go right. You have flexibility if you wanted to play him in that role and then play play him in behind a striker. Um, he, he, he could do it. Um, I don't necessarily see him as, you know, you, you would you would not replace, like, Jesus with Bernardo Silva. Like, it wouldn't work like that, you know what I mean? But I could see him as, if they had gotten an Alexi Sanchez, I still think they would have played him as that messy, creative, free-roll type. The guy who's given permission to go and drift and do whatever... While maybe Kevin De Bruyne or or David Silva will be in a more rigid, you know, creative midfielder role himself, um, but but you know the, the the two will play off one another. One will just maybe be a bit more proactive, uh, a bit more involved in the goals, as they say, um, and and. I I think that primarily what you saw in the preseason is what Guardiola is going to want to play. But you've got to find time for these other guys. You've got to give guys like company a break so you don't overdo it. So you are going to play a back four at times. You've just you've got to manage every single one of these guys, especially some of the older guys. As you know, they're at, as they get older, you've got to manage the minutes. And Guardiola's not afraid to be a Greg Popovich about it. You know, he's like, you know what? You've played, you know, two times. We're, you're not playing the third time this week. Like, go ahead and have a seat. Oh, and I'm subbing you off at the 60-minute mark of the of the previous game, you know. So that other guy will get 30 minutes, and and David Silva will get that, you know, first game and 60 minutes of the of the second game. So that way, these guys aren't used up. Um, so I think the formations will vary, and it will be really dependent on how. On, on how and what the needs of the team are. Yep. That's really the, you know, if you want a really short answer, that's about it. It's, it's, it's not going to be a best 11. So, um, for how the team needs to play, needs the, players to play Fluidity and flexibility and formation. It's going to be, it'll be an adventure. So, Last question we got was from uh, Zach Ramsey, and he wants us to assess Cheeky's performance as director of football during his tenure at City. Um, target identification has gotten better since Guardiola became involved, or at least they knew Guardiola would eventually be involved. Before that, you know, obviously letting the fullback situation come to a head this summer was extremely stupid. Um, 
I don't think they saw. I don't. I don't think he saw Kolarov pushing for the move. No, but I also don't think that they saw Kolarov go left back anymore. Um, maybe, maybe, but you know what? If you needed to spell him out and then move it to a back three, you could play Kolarov as a left back and then move him into a center back and really play a back three. So they they had that in him. And if they needed to play him on that side, they would, and they would just know that they'd have to provide extra cover on that side. Maybe maybe he plays, you know, Gundogan and Fernandinho. You know, you just have those two holding midfielders just to make sure, but both of them are a little bit creative. And Fernandinho knows how to get forward. He knows how to get involved. He even knows how to push into that role of, like, a, a right wing, if you even needed. Or, you know, a right midfielder, as it were. Um, but... Uh, I mean, yeah. the problem is they knew they needed four fullbacks even before they knew Colorado was leaving, so it wouldn't have changed anything. It was It's just poor squad planning on his part. I don't think... My, my general assessment of Chihi is that it hasn't been great. He's obviously spent a lot of money on players that did not come good, but I also don't think he has been as bad as some would have you believe because he's brought in guys like De Bruyne and Sterling and Sané and Gabriel Jesus. And even if you factor in the Pep effect, they, you know, you, you can't just not give him any credit for bringing in players when it's basically his job to negotiate these deals. So somewhere in the middle, I guess. Yeah, I would, I, I was going to say average, you know, hey. If, if you consider his number one task to have been to bring Pep Guardiola to Manchester City, then he is... Then he is the, yeah, yeah. That, like, the, the mandate with Soriano Begiristein was to eventually lure Pep to Manchester City. And either through having a, a, a world-class academy set up to, you know, play possession-based football, even if it was a different kind of possession-based football. They did the best they could. They got the club up there. They got it to win Premier League titles. They brought in managers with success who were able to replicate that at Manchester City, thus making the club a bit more attractive to these younger players who then came to City in advance knowing, like, hey, we're going to try and get Pep, like, buy in, please. Like, we, we've got the money here. I am damn sure that they were able to show and let him listen to conversations where Pep's like, yeah, I am seriously looking at City, you know? Like, I don't for a second think Pep wasn't involved to some extent or that they couldn't see that there were there – were, Indications that Pep was heavily considering Manchester future or, or uh, Manchester City as his future, and uh, there was sort of that they 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 missed out on him the first time, and and they knew they weren't going to the second time. He knew he with Bigerstein and Soriano there and the club placing faith in them 
in saying, okay, you know, execute your mandate as you see fit. And these guys did, you know, bring in, you know, players. You know, some of them didn't work out, but others did. The the goal was to eventually get Pep Guardiola, and they did that. And then they got players who were world-class and were on the brink of being world-class, like rising young stars. And, yeah, it's... 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 Uh, it's, it's really hard to judge. <laughs> it, it depends on what you value. I, I cannot separate the fact that their mandate was to get Pep Guardiola and they got it got him i can't i can't remove that from from those two yep that's fair it's it's impossible so i would i would probably actually give them a little bit above average because they brought pet to but if you're talking strictly transfer business how do you judge these guys as transfer business i would say it is average at best sounds about right to me Thank you all for the questions, by the way, um, all those who submitted. Um, as for us, Brighton on Saturday, I am very excited about it, and I'm sure we'll do something after the game to, uh, to, to review City's first Premier League game of the season. But for now, um, you can find us on iTunes at American Citizens. Just search for us. You can find us on Twitter at America Citizens. Um, we are sponsored as ever by Blog Talk Radio. And that's about all for us. Uh, hope you enjoy the weekend. Hope you enjoy the season. And we will be, we have a lot of planned content. So stay tuned. Watch the space, I suppose, is, is the phrase that people use. So. For Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening to the American Seasons Podcast. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you again soon.